Hey, I'm Kyla Graham. I am an accountant who's passionate about helping nonprofit leaders speak confidently about their money. You are listening to the Nonprofit Nuggets podcast. And before we get into the episode, got to give you this disclaimer. Any accounting, business, or tax advice in this here podcast is not intended as a thorough, in-depth analysis of your specific issues. It's not a substitute for a formal opinion. It is not good enough to avoid tax-related penalties. Got to tell you this because don't want y'all coming for me. Did you know that I offer free 30-minute strategy sessions? Strategy sessions are time for you to come with questions about the challenges your nonprofit is facing and for us to work through what that looks like. Are there some resources that you need to be connected with? Are there some tools that we have that could guide you? Strategy sessions are free because I want you to have this time to really flesh out and talk out loud about what your organization is needing. And if synergy is a fit, great. But if not, we really want to make sure that you have what you need to take the next best step. Book a time on my calendar using Calendly backslash synergy slash strategy. Link, of course, will be in the show. Back to the episode. Hey, it's Kyrie Graham, Synergy Accounting Advisory. Welcome to another episode of the Nonprofit Nuggets podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Amanda Wallander Roberts of Capacity Building Nonprofits. This interview is more than a, <laughs> a nugget. So, I don't know, it's a snack, it's a, um, a light meal. So, enjoy what you hear between the two of us. She has been great to get to know over the last few years. Hey, Amanda, thank you for joining us today on the Nonprofit Nuggets podcast. For those of you who are joining in today, Amanda Wallander Roberts is the chief consultant, CEO, brain operator of Capacity Building Nonprofit. And I'm super excited to have her here. Amanda, why don't you tell a little bit, a little bit about yourself? Yes, awesome. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I'm really excited to get to share some of my information and insights with the group. Um, a little bit about me. I am a social worker. And so I started off working in nonprofits, really underfunded and understaffed. Um, we didn't evaluate our programs. So some days, you know, I was working with youth aging out of the foster care system. Some days I was wondering, are, are we really even helping? I don't have any evidence to know for sure one way or another. Um, so after that experience, seeing a lot of my colleagues just burn out straight out of school, I thought we really could be doing a better job in nonprofits of getting enough staff, enough funding, um, evaluation practices to really support the people who are providing these amazing services in the community, to really support us internally, not only to feel better as staff members, but also to do our jobs better. So that's, that's why I got into consulting. <laughs> No, that's, that is great information because I think that's the part that most people don't really know is that so many of the consultants come from that background. We're like, oh, we've seen it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and we know it can be done better. Yeah. Yeah. And like part of the branching out into consulting is like, I want to test this out to see if it's just in my head. <laughs> yeah and can I prove that this actually works so can you tell us a little bit about what you do so we got a little bit about you and that you're a social worker mm -hmm. we know that there's evaluations but what exactly does capacity building 
consulting do? So we work with organization, I mean, just like our name says, to build capacity. So um, whether that's in fundraising or evaluation, those are two primary areas. We really work with clients to, to coach them and really be in charge of their organization's fundraising and their organization's evaluation and learn how to do it themselves. So that's everything from the planning pieces to the implementation to all of that reporting. Um, for grants, for individual donors, fundraising, for um, evaluation, logic models, those kinds of things, surveys, you name it. <laughs> but at the end of the day, our goal is making sure nonprofits are set up so that they don't have to rely on a consultant to help them with evaluation or fundraising, except for, you know, every, every so often, occasionally, you might want to bring someone else in. But, but really, they're in charge of it. They know how to do it themselves. I love that idea. I'm very big on, can I give you this information so that you can rely on yourself? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I, that's one of the reasons I love talking to you and being like, hey, let's, let's hear a little bit more. And what, is that surprising though, when you work with nonprofits, are they surprised that you're like, I'm going to step away from this at some point? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. They are often very surprised, especially when it comes to a thing like grant writing. They're like, oh, can we just get someone to do this for us? Like, let's just, farm this out. And I'm like, you know what? It's more efficient and effective. Um, not just cost wise, but the return on your investment, if you learn how to do it in house. And then when you're starting to apply for like huge major federal grants or, you know, really upping your grants game to hire someone on staff, because someone internally is going to know what's going on day to day. And it's going to be able to better prepare an application that's accurate for your organization. Um, but they're like, wait, I thought you would just do it for us forever. And I'm like, no, nope. if we're going to, if we're going to sign this contract together, there's a exit strategy where you know how to do it yourself. Yeah. I definitely come across that where people are just like, you aren't going to just do it. I'm like, we're going to help you so that when this isn't an option, at some point you want to build that capacity to say, we're going to hire someone. Right. And all Internally. of your knowledge lies with someone else. And it's like, Great. <laughs> well, and it's so sad to see nonprofits paying so much money because that's just not a long-term strategy. It's not a long-term solution to pay someone externally to do these things that could be in-house. So it, it makes sense for a little while while you're learning how to do it, while you're figuring it out, yeah. um, but not for, not for two or three years. So. so I guess right along that is like, how do, how do organizations best maximize their time with you? Well, um, recently I've been putting the information that I coach my one-on-one -on -one clients with into online trainings um, because a lot of organizations can learn things on their own and just get some like group coaching or um, smaller feedback sessions, especially organizations who can't afford to have that one-on-one -on -one time. Yeah. And so really my, my online programs are what I'm building out to be the most efficient and effective way to work with me. Um, and, and that's really important to me because I think it's important that this kind of information is accessible, but also I've noticed when organizations just take one online training after another, you know, those one hour free workshops, it's like, oh good, you got some great tips and tricks. That's super helpful, but you don't have a strategy behind your fundraising, behind your evaluation. You don't have a strategy. So I would say, yeah, working, working with me online. <laughs> <laughs> the way of the future. Yes. You mentioned 
something there. They don't have a strategy behind their fundraising, behind their evaluation. So it made me think of strategic planning. Mm -hmm. And is that something that you help them with? Or what comes to mind for you when you hear, we're doing a strategic plan? Um, I'm like, yay, congratulations. Good for you. Two thumbs up. I will help you if that's something that you're needing. Um, I'm a huge proponent of strategic planning. I've done several sessions with different organizations. Um, and so if that's, you know, the step back we need to take in order to prepare, because I don't want you fundraising if you don't even know where your organization is going. And I don't really want you evaluating if you have no idea what programs you're going to have. Mm -hmm. um, and so I feel like, yeah, that's absolutely a foundational piece. Strategic planning is super important and something that we also offer. Okay. I always think of, oh, we're doing a strategic plan. And I'm like, how long? <laughs> yes. It becomes my question. I'm just like, are you thinking like five years? Are you thinking like three years? Because I've definitely seen organizations like, this is our 20 year plan. And I'm like, whoa, you know how much can happen in 20 years? Oh my goodness. If people had planned a strategic plan 20 years ago and today is 2020. <laughs> Oh my goodness. The world is just such a different place. No, I've never heard of 20 year. I have heard of three to five year. That's where I try and stay in that range. Yeah. I was just like, uh, I'm not really sure that this is the best use of your time. Right. <laughs> well, and the one year plan, I also think on the other end, it's like, no, let's, let's shoot a little bit further out. That's more of an action plan than a strategic uh -huh. plan. If you're just focusing on one year. That is a good differentiator, an action plan versus a, a strategic plan. Mm -hmm. Got to keep that in mind. So what is one thing you want all nonprofits to know? Hmm, that is a really good question. I would say like data. And, and I, because if I can only choose one thing, it's data, but I want to apply that to everything. Okay. If you are you know, in your programs and you're thinking like, oh, we're doing such a good job. Congratulations, staff. Like, look how much you're impacting the community and you don't have data. I'm like, I'm glad you feel like you're doing a good job. <laughs> I would love some proof that you're doing a good job. Let's just back up your feelings with some actual data. Or when it comes to fundraising, we're like, we really think we should do a crowdfunding campaign. And it's like, okay, well, let's look at the data. How many social media followers do you have? What's your What's your strategy behind that? And how is that based on data? And even for nonprofits that are just getting started or people considering doing a nonprofit, you know, starting a nonprofit, I'm just like, does the community need this? Where is your data? Because a lot of times we think, oh, this would be such a great program. And it's like, says who? Says you? Yeah. Does the community also say that? Where's that community input data? So that's one thing. I wish all nonprofits were much more data focused in every aspect of what they do. Yes. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> and I say that because there comes the point where you're thinking, well, how do we grow and expand? And it's like, well, you, like you said, I mean, you feel like that was effective, mm -hmm. but how do you write that on an application? Like how right. do you, how do you make the case of, for support if it's just, we feel that people like us more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we feel like this program would be really good for the community. And that's where we see a lot of nonprofits fail. Yeah. Yeah. So well, what tools would you recommend for an organization who's trying to figure out how do we track this data? Hmm. Well, honestly, 
like if you're just getting started on tracking things, really spreadsheets, I don't care if it's Google Sheets or Excel, like keep it simple for yourself and really make sure that you're only tracking the information you're actually going to use. So what we see a lot of times is, you know, we want to develop these surveys and ask all these questions and it's like, okay, if the response to the survey, you are not going to do anything with like this one question, if that's not going to change your decisions. Um, I worked with an organization and one of the things that they always got feedback on, on for their, for their surveys was parking. Parking was a big issue with the, the people they were trying to serve. And so they were going to ask this question specifically about parking. And I was like, oh, okay, so would you provide alternative, alternative parking? And they were like, no. And I was like, okay, then don't ask. Because then that, like, if they think you're going to make a decision off of that one question, um, then they're going to be expecting something out of it. Or yeah. when you don't do something, they're going to feel like their voice isn't heard. So only collect the data that you need. And that also goes for what you're putting in your own spreadsheets and tracking for your own fundraising purposes, just the data that you need. And you can use a spreadsheet. I mean, of course I love fancier things like Airtable <laughs> and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but I encourage most nonprofits to keep it simple until they're ready for something more significant. Yeah, I definitely support that like graduated approach mm -hmm. because one thing is how much are you going to invest into this? And if right. you're not going to train someone on how to use it, this was not <laughs> a right. worthwhile endeavor. Uh, so, but we love the next new system. We love the next new system, but I'm like, okay, let's get used to evaluating. Let's get used to capturing some data first. And then if we need something fancier, we can, yeah, graduate, like you said. Yeah. Well, if an organization need to, needed to, you know, think about staffing and priorities, where would you say in the either the collection of data or the evaluation process, how should they prioritize what they do first? Well, really, it should all go back to the logic model. So a logic model is a tool for a nonprofit organization that connects kind of what we do with why we're doing it, this, you know, what we're actually doing those activities to the outcomes we're anticipating. Okay. And based on that logic model, you can create an evaluation plan and really say, okay, for everything we think we're going to do, are we, are we meeting those outcomes? Are we actually changing the communities in the way that we expected? Um, and then we can also evaluate, are we implementing programs as planned? So once you have those two pieces in place that, logic funnel and the evaluation plan, that evaluation plan will show you like, oh, here are the exact things you need to be tracking. And if you don't have enough staff to be tracking it, it's really about prioritizing like, okay, this thing can wait till next year. We're not quite ready to track that. Or, you know what, we really do need to hire a new part-time data entry person. Um, but a lot, of the, a lot of the times we just don't think of how we can be most efficient. So for example, if we're doing paper surveys because our client population is more likely to fill out a paper survey, that's great. Uh -huh. If we're doing paper surveys because we've always done paper surveys, then why don't we do them on an iPad or something or a text survey? And then that data is already entered for us, you know, looking at what makes sense for our organization staffing and also what makes sense for the population that we're serving and finding those ways that we can be most efficient and effective. Efficiency. <laughs> it's so exciting great work mm -hmm. <laughs> so 
we talked, we touched a little bit around priorities, which is one of the pillars here for, you know, synergy is, hey, we want to think about your mission. We want to think about your priorities, your tools, but we also have your story. And can you tell us a little bit about how you tell, help organizations tell their story? Yeah, I think, um, and, it's, and it's really interesting because people feel like evaluation and fundraising are so wildly different. People feel like, um, you know, data and that storytelling piece are completely different. But what I really love to do is show organizations you really need both. Yeah. You need the data showing here's the need in the community and then the powerful story about how, to, how we are not only meeting that need, but we're doing so in a way that's either evidence-based or research-informed, and we're also being effective. And so I feel like all of these pieces come together. Each data point comes together to tell that organization story in a beautiful way. And of course, I love weaving in any sort of personal anecdotes or feedback or you know clips from a thank you card that people have received to show to show both. It is, it is so much about the data, but it's also about that personal touch as well. So I, I really like to, yeah, start with what the community needs, why they need it, that this program that we're doing is super effective and is built that way, uh-huh. that the community wants our program and then move into, and here's how we know we're effective because of the outcomes we've seen. And here's the impact we've heard about from our clients. Um, so, so building that case on data. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to data. It's fine. Yeah. And, and it's such a, a crucial part of your story too, because if you just focus on, if you just focus on telling the stories from individual perspectives, uh-huh. then you are missing that bigger piece of how this works within the community, um, of how important these types of services are. And you're, you're missing like painting the picture of the real issue. And so if you, if you don't have that picture of the real issue that your organization is working to address, it's going to be hard to convince people to care about your organization because there's so many wonderful programs, you know, there's, there's so many great, yeah, (laughs) there's so many great programs everywhere you turn and it's like, okay, but which ones do we really need here? Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I, how do you then help organizations who need to do that switch of gears. They're, they're used to that idea of this is my, this is what's happening in my heart. I can feel it. Or they just have those personal, this person benefited from our program. How do you help them switch from that internal one-to-one to a larger picture? Typically, I, I start with a logic funnel. That is the tool I most often come back to because it really forces organizations to sit down and say, okay, but we do this one particular thing. Why? What is the outcome there? And once you're able to align, here's what we're doing with what we're trying to accomplish, even if you don't have that data yet, um, like you can use what you feel and your heart in that logic model Uh and then evaluate it to see if that's really the impact you're having. Because a lot of us think we're having a certain impact, but we don't exactly know. Um, So when when you sit down and you create that logic model, you're able to start seeing, oh, what I'm feeling isn't necessarily untrue. This whole like data perspective isn't contrary. It's just supplementary. It's, 
you know, these can work really well together. I don't have to be a completely different person. <laughs> I don't have to change everything about myself in order to collect data. Now, that's good. That's good to know. Um, for me personally, because I feel like logic models come up a lot and I'm just like, should I do one for my business? Uh, yes, I have one for my business. I have one for my personal life. I have a logic model for everything. They are amazing. Okay. So that is a great transition to my behind the scenes section. Ooh. So I want to know a little bit more about you as a business owner and how you are managing all the pieces. So just because I feel like this is going to happen, this is going to be like the logical one. <laughs> is what's one piece of advice that has helped you grow or what's one tool that's helped you grow as a business owner and a leader? Hmm. I would say the first, like the biggest thing for me has been getting to know other consultants has been, especially when I first started out doing some informational interviews uh -huh. and just being like, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? How'd you start your business? I mean, especially in the Denver community. Um, and I'm sure beyond, but this is yeah. my experience. <laughs> Other consultants are just so like, Oh, here, let me help you. And here's this lesson that I learned the hard way. Don't learn it yourself. Like just know it. Um, I got so much great advice that it, I feel like it saved me years and years of toil <laughs> as a consultant. So honestly, my, anytime someone's like, I'm thinking of becoming a consultant, I'm like, great interview every consultant you can find. That's kind of in your realm yeah and i think because for most of us we're just like i had no idea what i was doing so <laughs> right now if there's anything that i can help you save time on you can have it <laughs> exactly <laughs> because you're gonna i i'm always just like you're gonna help someone else down the line like i don't yes. need this to no. be like you want to buy me coffee? It's fine. I don't actually need the coffee. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> but could you like get this information? So I love it. Right. Um, what's for me, I've noticed that being the all things to all people like internally and like for my clients can definitely be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So how have you helped reduce your own overwhelm, whether it be client management or just internal operations? I have really had to, um, so I'm a, I'm a people person in the sense of like, I just want to help. Mm -hmm. I just want to help wherever I can, however I can. And I don't want to stop helping until I know you're good. Um, and so sometimes though that like, I'm not the best person to help with your particular need, even though I've helped with other things, you know what I mean? And so really recognizing like, okay, where are my strengths and focusing on those and then having, I mean, yeah, after interviewing all those consultants, I know so many people and I can just send referrals. That's been so, so helpful because um, then I'm not stuck in situations where I'm having to do things that I'm not as good at uh -huh. and things that I'm not as passionate about. So, so for me, it's been mainly like saying no to the projects that don't align with my strengths and skill sets and interests yeah. and referring them out. That's, that's for all consultants. I feel as for nonprofit leaders to be like, actually, that does not <laughs> fit mm -hmm. into what we're doing. Right. But we know so many great organizations. Let me, would you like an email introduction? Would you there like you go. <laughs> A warm introduction, or I'll give you their website. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you like me to do? And 
One other thing that I, for me, as I think of the synergy, how does synergy grow? I'm always thinking about making notes, like <laughs> so many notes. About mm-hmm. all. I got and notes like, okay, too. So I was like, so let's put this on the agenda to talk about in the fall for next year. Mm-hmm. And what about for you? Are there, what's, how do you prepare for a new year, a new season? What are some like, I've got to make sure this gets checked off before I can move forward? Well, it is ever-changing and ever-evolving over here. It used to be <laughs> it used to be that I used to do, like, a project report for myself. Mm-hmm. After every project, I had the time. If I had any contractors that I paid to support the project, I had little notes of my lessons learned, and that was fabulous. I did that for at least a couple of years, and it was so interesting to, like, go back through and be like, oh, yeah, I already learned this lesson. So now I've learned it a second time. So now I have to make sure I don't learn it a third time. I have to know it this time. And I also could see my, just by being really, really specific on my time tracking, where, where I was most efficient and effective and where I was kind of, you know, lagging or letting things go on and on and on. Um, That used to be how I did things. And I think it worked really well, (laughs) but Um, More recently, it's just been about, okay, what's this, where do I want to take this business next? And what is the, where does the business fit in my overall life? Because my whole life isn't my work. You know, that's not what I'm all about. And I really did become a consultant to support nonprofits and support my life. Uh So figuring out how those pieces make the most sense for the, for the coming year. Is how I've been doing it more recently. Yeah, I love that. I'm like, this is not all I do. <laughs> right, exactly. I would like and I have to make sure it's not all I do. And that can be tough sometimes. Yes, yes. I've introduced, I try to stick to my boundaries of like, when do you work? I work Monday to Thursday. There you go. I love that. Oh, I was taking Fridays off for a little while. That was so nice. Yeah. I was I just like, get back to that. Do it. I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to hold you to that. Okay, here we go. (laughs) For those who have not um, seen, I guess, Amanda and I interact online, I feel like Amanda's my accountability partner on the internet. (laughs) Yeah. She'll be like, like we track that way. Yeah, she's like, did you post the thing that you said you were going to do? I'm like, I'm sorry. Um, I will do that and I will tag you. I promise it is going to go out. So I would like to recommend that anyone who is looking to push themselves a little further, find an accountability partner Mm -hmm. to be like, Hey, this is the thing that I need you to push me on because I know I feel bad when I'm like, Oh crap. I did mention this, huh? Okay. (laughs) And then I, I, I won't notice. And then I'm like, Oh, Amanda posted. I was like, I posted on the internet. Like, there you go. (laughs) I, I, it's official. Amanda has seen it. I can say that it was done. So (laughs) it's so helpful. It's helpful. Um, so I guess both two more questions before we wrap up. Okay. So one is what's one podcast that you love and you feel like more people should listen to? Hmm. A podcast. Uh That's really tough. Um, I was listening to the podcast by Gretchen Rubin. Uh I totally forget what it's called. Um, she she is the author of a couple of those books though. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I feel like I've heard her name, so I feel very I'm gonna use the Googles right now. Gretchen. 
There you go. Tim. It's like Ruben. Happy. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. The Four Tendencies. That's the book she wrote. Yes. Yes, I have taken that. Oh, you have. Oh, I haven't. Try it. We'll we'll talk offline. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> That'll be good. No, I listened to her podcast like last year, uh -huh. but mostly I read. So I've been reading this book called, and I forget the author's name. I have it somewhere right by me. Um, it's called Rest. Okay. And I'm like halfway through it. It's so good. Okay. Let me just tell you, it's got like all these chapters. One of the chapters is called Walks. And it's just about how much going on walks can actually improve your work when you're working. Uh -huh. And they've got a chapter, the last chapter I read was on naps. It's basically just like teaching you how to rest and relax. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I've never done this. And so I'm really, really soaking it up right now. It's a great book. Okay. So I have two books then to recommend to you. Okay. Um, have you read Sleep Smarter? No, I have not. Okay. I'll have so to read Sleep that. Smarter and there's another one that's called Sacred Rest, I think. Oh, Okay. And so that one, they talk about the different like types of rest, like this is an emotional rest and this is like a technology. Ooh, so I feel like, go. Okay. yeah, I will send you those links. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really excited about those. All right. And then what is one thing that you're proud of? Hmm. One thing that I'm proud of, um, I will say I am really proud of like putting myself out there. Um, it's really, it was really nerve wracking at first to like be on social media and do Facebook lives and have these videos and just post my face everywhere. And I felt like, oh my goodness, but I don't want anyone to look at me. I don't want anyone to see me because I really do just want to like be so behind the scenes with organizations. Uh -huh. um, but I'm really proud that I pushed through the, those butterflies and all that nervousness to say, no, actually, if I'm not posting these videos, then the people who need this information are not going to get it. Yep. And so really shifting my mindset around, no, this isn't about look at me because that's what I've never wanted. This is about helping people. Um, and it's a really hard mindset shift to make. And I'm still, you know, still working on it for sure. But I'm proud <laughs> that I've gotten this far. Constantly, I feel like all the time, some days are better. I'm like, I'm doing great. And other days I'm like, what? what are these things? Because I, I follow myself. So I'm like, what? Why is this showing up? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, no, I don't want to see this. <laughs> so I'm just like, but it helps me remember, like, did you post the thing? Yes, mm -hmm. I saw it. But I'm also like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So good job. Yay. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I'm super excited to reconnect again. Yes, me too. Me too. I always love our conversations. I feel like, you know, about actually helping clients do things themselves. We're on such a similar wavelength and it, you hardly meet consultants like that because financially it's like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You want clients to keep coming back to you forever. And it's like, no, but realistically yeah. you want them to be able to do this on their own. So yeah, I'm like, ah, uh, but part of this is that growth. And I'm like, they'll never grow if they have to keep using me. I'm like, that right. means that either I haven't fulfilled my duties of like, Hey, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I, I want you to still want to talk to me. We could, but we, we could, yeah. out. <laughs> like, 
how we need to do this. So right. what's the plan? Right. Okay. Not creating that dependency. Definitely. So have a good day. So what did you think of my conversation with Amanda? I hope you got some tips. I hope you got some ways that you can help your organization build its own infrastructure as you learned about how she helps support organizations and what's happened in her own. If you need any of the links, check out the show notes. All right. Have a great day.